Hi, my name is Yasmin Cherehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Today's show is about how we can harness our happiness even amidst difficult times with one of the world's international experts on happiness. On today's show, we'll be featuring our guest, Marcy Shymoff. She's a number one New York Times bestselling author, a world-renowned transformational teacher, and an expert on happiness, success, and unconditional love. Marcy's books include the runaway bestsellers, Love for No Reason, Happy for No Reason, Seven Steps to Being Happy from the Inside Out, and six titles in the successful Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul series. Marcy is also the host of the national PBS television special called Happy for No Reason, and is a featured teacher in the international film and book sensation, The Secret. Thanks so much for joining us today, Marcy. I'm thrilled to get to be here with you today, Yasmin. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about Happy for No Reason, uh, which I just picked up last week, and I've just been reading through it really um, voraciously, taking in a lot of actually taking down a lot of notes. Uh, I feel like it's rich with so much information. But, um, you know, it's, a, it's an international bestseller. And I'd love for you to tell me why, why people are so interested in it. Well, the reason people are so interested in happiness is that we don't have it. There's an <laughs> epidemic of unhappiness, you know, in the world, really. I mean, especially in these very uh, interesting and challenging times. And um, it's, it's, I think research has shown that one out of four women is on antidepressants. And uh, even though we have more than we've had throughout history, people are unhappier than they've ever been. And so that's the bad news. But there really is good news. And the good news is that science has actually cracked the happiness code. And we know what it takes for people to be happier, which to me should be headline news, you know, (laughs) along with all the bad news. Let's have some headline news that scientifically we know how to be happier. So I'm excited that I'm going to get to share that with everybody today and give you some practical things. So so that you can start using them in your life right away. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And um, happy for no reason, the phrase, um, the title of the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how can we be happy all the time? What does that mean? So um, happy for no reason does not mean that we're walking around 24-7 with a silly grin on our face or that we're in some state of Pollyanna state of denial. You know, it's not about being la, 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 isn't the world perfect? It's not that. Happy for no reason is an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on our circumstances. Now, that means that we're going to have circumstances that, you know, we're going to feel sad. Somebody dies, you're going to feel grief. You're going to feel, we can feel frustrated. We can feel angry. We can feel all of those things. But with those, there's an inner backdrop of peace and well-being that we carry with us. So we're not looking to the outside world to extract our happiness, but we're actually bringing our happiness with us to whatever is showing up. So Marcy, um, you know, 2020 is this just unprecedented year and many people are mm-hmm. wondering, you know, how, how they can be happy when they're faced with such economic yeah. challenges, health challenges and more. What can you tell them? It's such a great question. And, and what I think is that it's actually the time to work on our happiness, because what we've seen is that we're talking about happiness that's unconditional. 
It's about building an internal state. It's about actually creating the brain waves, the heart rhythms, the neurobiology of happiness that allows us to be in a state that has inner peace and well-being, even when things around us are going crazy. And what we've seen is that when we come to, uh, when we have more and more of this inner state of peace and well-being, we actually are more creative and resourceful at handling the challenges that life is throwing us these days. So it's really a, a tool to being able to be more resilient and, um, and deal with these times. So Marcy, why did you, why did you write this book, Happy for No Reason? Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how, were, were you born happy or did you have to work at it? And I'd love to also, yeah. right after that, piggyback into some of the, the tips and tools um, that you could share with our audience on how to, on how to cultivate this inner, this inner happiness. Yes. I love giving you the tips and tools. So let me just first though, just share with you because people are always going, well, weren't you always happy? And the reason I wrote happy for no reason is that I was born depressed. I came out of the womb with what I call existential angst. I, um, I think I carried some ancestral kind of, you know, trauma, which is showing in our cells that we carry trauma. And, um, um, and I, I had a great family. I had, everything was great, but I was depressed and I, I did what a lot of people do And this carried with me throughout my childhood and growing up years. And in my twenties, I decided that I was going to set some goals for myself. And once I achieved those goals, I figured that's all I need. Then I'll be happy. It's the, I'll be happy when syndrome, which most people have, um, you know, I'll be happy when I get this or that. Well, I had five. I'll be happy when items, and I'm just going to share them with you because I think people will relate. Uh, I wanted to have a great, successful career helping people, fabulous friends, a wonderful husband or life partner, a comfortable home, and the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. (laughs) Now, I got four out of those five. I don't have Halle Berry's body but I have a healthy body for which I'm grateful. And I worked really, really, really hard to get all those things to happen so I could be happy. And I had a turning point moment. It was in 1998. I had um, three books in the top five on the New York Times bestseller list the same, at the same time, simultaneously. I had just finished giving a, a talk to 8,000 people and I had autographed 5,432 books. My client had hired a massage therapist to massage my hand every every 15 minutes or so, so (laughs) I wouldn't get carpal tunnel. It was like, I felt like an author rock star. (laughs) And I remember at the end of that, I went up to my hotel room. After autographing that last book, I went up to my hotel room, which my client had gotten me the penthouse suite. And I walked over to these huge windows that overlooked Lake Michigan. It was beautiful. I was in Chicago and I, it was just stunning. And I turned around and I fell onto the bed and I burst into tears and I burst into tears because I realized I had accomplished all of those things that were on my list and I still wasn't happy. I'd had temporary happinesses from them, but I still felt that kind of deep pain in my heart that I knew that 
there was something more I was I wanted to experience. And at that moment, I realized, I, you know, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to just keep on thinking that the next thing is going to make me happy because it does for a short while, but it doesn't last. And I dove headfirst into researching happiness. And I started talking to all the happiness experts. And I started interviewing a bunch of people I knew who were happy for no reason. And I started practicing what it was I was learning. And Yasmin, it worked. <laughs> I would say that that before that, you would have given me like a D plus in happiness. I was almost failing. And now I'm a solid A. And that doesn't mean that I'm not still working on it because I am a work in progress, but it really, really works. And, and now, of course, I've shared this with hundreds of thousands of people and it works really universally. So let's get into the nitty gritty of how to do it. How's that? Perfect. Yeah. And I, it's so funny. I can't even imagine you even an iota unhappy because you mm. come across so full of joy. And um, so, yeah, let's, let's hear the tips and, and tools that we can share with our audience. Yes. Well, first, I'm going to tell you one piece of research that changed it all for me, that it explained it all to me. And that is that we all have what's called a happiness set point. And it's like a thermostat setting. And um, so no matter what happens to you, whether it's good or bad, you're going to tend to return to where your thermostat is set or where your happiness set point is set. So the happiness set point is the key to everything. And this is how it's determined. It's 50% genetic. You're born with it. Well, I was not born with the good genes. It's only 10% your circumstances. That's what everybody focuses on to change their life, to be happier. But it's pretty futile because it's only 10% of the whole thing. The other 40% is your habits of thoughts and behavior. And that's where we really have the power to make, to change our, to raise our happiness set point. And I'm going to take it a step further and say that scientists in the field of epigenetics, which studies our DNA and our genes, they've found that when we change specific habits, we actually can change or influence our DNA, which means that up to 90% of our happiness set point, both our habits and our genes can be influenced by shifting these habits. That's like key. It's like, okay, stop focusing all of our attention on getting all your ducks in a row in the, in the outside so you'll be happy. Start focusing on these simple habits, and that's where you can change things. And there are seven areas that these, I found there are 21 main happiness habits, and there are seven areas that they fall into. And I want to go through all of these with everybody so that you can see where are you the weakest, because that's where you want to start. You want to start where you're the weakest. So Yasmin, are you, are you okay to be my guinea pig on this? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. So I, I, I suggest that everybody write down these seven areas and then you identify where are you the weakest, because that's where you're going to want to get, get, get started. And I found that people have a hard time remembering seven of anything. So I created an analogy or a metaphor that I call building your inner home for happiness. Okay. And a home has seven main areas. It's got a foundation, four corner pillars, a roof, and a garden. And here's how this relates to our areas of seven areas of happiness. The foundation is taking responsibility for your life and your happiness. It's showing up as a not as a victim in life, but as a victor in life. 
And victims are people who show up blaming, shaming, which means blaming yourself, or complaining. So if you find yourself regularly blaming, shaming, and complaining, then perhaps the place for you to start is to take more responsibility for your power to create in your life. So that's the foundation. Then there's the four corner pillars, and the pillars are the mind, the heart, the body, and the soul. The mind has to do with our thoughts. Do you have thoughts that support your happiness? The heart has to do with living with an open heart. Do you have forgiveness, gratitude, loving kindness, generosity? The body, do you have the biochemistry of happiness? Do you have the right, do you have enough serotonin and endorphins and and uh, dopamine and the right balance of all of that. That, by the way, was where I was the weakest. And when I got that, started to fix that one, and, and the mind was the other place I was the weakest, my thoughts. When I started to fix those two, that's when I started to really see results. And then there's the soul. The soul has to do with how connected you feel to the greater energy in the universe. Do you feel a, a you know, do you have, usually it's through spiritual practice that you feel that kind of connectedness. Then there's the roof of your inner home for happiness. And that has to do with living an inspired life. Are you doing what you're here on the planet to be doing? I believe we're all here for a reason. And, and it's, you know, in some, some language, some in, in Sanskrit, it's called Dharma. Are you living your life purpose or Dharma? And then finally, there's the garden. And the garden has to do with who you surround yourself with. Are you surrounded by a lot of negative people that drag you down? Or are you surrounded by people who lift you up? Who are your happiness, happiness support team? So those are the seven areas. And I want everyone to look at those and identify. Most of us are strong in a couple of them. And we're weak in a couple of them. And then the others are just kind of the middle of the road. I want you to identify where are you the weakest? And so, Yasmin, <laughs> what would you say to that? Yeah, wow. Um, I think if you asked me five years ago, I would have said I'm weak in a lot of these areas. Um, but I think, um, I mean, there's probably aspects of each of these that I could that I could improve on. Uh I think the complaining, I try not to do a lot of complaining, but definitely that's still a part of my life. Um, mm -hmm. The mind, uh, I live in San Francisco. Um, you know, it's a, a city that is a tale of two cities. And so I think sometimes they're, you know, I don't have full control over every single thought. So that I need to work on. Um, I think also just up until probably a couple of years ago, the soul was probably lagging, this connection to the greater mm -hmm. universe. But now I meditate every day. So that's been very helpful. Um, and I think, you know, from a body perspective, the, like you said, the biochemistry, I think that's hard to get right now because of all the environmental, you know, things going on. And so I think it takes a lot of, um, you know, practice to, to constantly make sure that your body's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you're eating the right foods, you're sleeping well, all those right. things. Right. Yeah. So I right. see those. And then, of course, the well, roof. What? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Marcy. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, the I, roof. I, was, I was like, wow, I can actually uh, take myself apart with all these. But uh, the roof, uh, living an inspired life. I think for the most part, I do live an inspired life, but I do think, um, you know, that I could probably 
be in more alignment. Um, so yeah, so I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think that there's probably aspects for, for me to work on for all of these, but this is great. It feels like this is a great, uh, framework. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. One thing that I've found where people get a little bit, um, stuck where things don't work for them is that they try to take on too much. Mm. So what I suggest that people do is you take on one new thing for a couple of weeks, one new habit, one new practice until you try it on, you see if it works for you and until it becomes just sort of natural. And then you take on another one. If you try to do too much at once, you you won't make progress. So what I want to do is I want to give you three different tools that you can use. One for the mind, because that's where people I find get super hung up. One for the body. And how about one for the heart? Okay. Love that. These days we can all, we can all be a little more open-hearted and, and that's useful. So let's do all three of those. Okay. Okay. Good. So let's start with the mind. The average person has 60,000 thoughts a day. We are busy in our minds. And for the average person, 80% of those are negative. It is called in, in science, the negativity bias. So if you have a lot of negative thoughts, stop beating yourself up for it. It's actually a natural thing, this negativity bias. We inherited it from our cavemen ancestors who needed to remember the negative in order to survive. We don't need that tendency anymore. In fact, it's better if we have the other tendency, um, the positivity bias. But, um, but we, we, we have to train ourselves to get there. And a a friend of mine, Rick Hansen, who wrote a great book called Hardwiring Happiness, he calls it the Velcro Teflon syndrome. He says our minds are like Velcro for the negative. They just stick to us. But Teflon for the positive, they just slide off of us. Happy people have reversed that tendency. I'll give you a simple example. If you get 10 compliments in a day and one criticism, what do you remember at the end of the day? Criticism. Most people remember the criticism. <laughs> Happy people remember the positives, all the, all the good stuff. So that's where we want to get to. But this involves changing our brainwaves, changing our neural pathways. And here is a fast and easy way to change your neural pathways. It's a three-step process, scientifically proven. Step number one, be on the lookout for the good. You've got to pretend that you are a detective and you're looking for what's good out there. Because I promise you, there is as much good as there is bad, but we are trained to notice the bad. So just be on the lookout. I have one of the women I interviewed for Happy For No Reason says she pretends she's the Academy Awards Committee. (laughs) And every day her job is to give out five Academy Awards. And so she'll be out for a walk and she'll see a cute little dog and she'll say, oh, that dog gets the cutest dog of the day award. And so, you know, just be on the lookout for the good. Then the second step is to savor it for at least 20 seconds. Science has shown that it takes 20 seconds for us to focus on that positive enough that it starts to create a neural pathway for the positive. So you want to savor it. That means you see a beautiful sunset. You don't just go, oh, that's pretty. But you actually sit and let it in 
feel it in your body, appreciate it, comment on it for at least 20 seconds. It will make a huge difference. And then the third thing is go for a three to one ratio, meaning three positives for every one negative. So that means if you find yourself stuck in this little spiral of negative negativity, you need to turn and replace it with three positives. Oh, it's really a beautiful day today. Oh, I'm so grateful that I get to have, um, you know, my family is healthy. And, you know, I, I, I am loving getting to um, be in this conversation with you right now. So focus on three positives when you have, when you're replacing a downward spiral of the negatives, that simple process can start creating new neural pathways in the brain right away. Okay. I will definitely try all those three. Cool. All right. You want to do one for the body? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Serotonin is one of the main happiness chemicals. And what we find is that people are often very low in serotonin. And when you're low in serotonin, it impacts your melatonin. Your melatonin is your ability to sleep well at night. And when you're low in melatonin, meaning you haven't slept well, you're also low in serotonin, meaning you won't be as happy. So there's this cycle of melatonin and serotonin. And I found a super cool way to build your serotonin. I learned this from a Chinitsung master named Gilles Marin. And Chinitsung is the um, form of, of stomach massage. But it, um, it's a really beautiful um, practice, simple practice. And it's called the sunning meditation, as in the sun, the bright sun above us. Okay. And what you do is you go out into the sun And I'll tell you what to do if there's no sun out in just a minute. But you go out into the sun and you close your eyes. Really important instruction. Close your eyes. And with closed eyes, you face your head towards the sun with closed eyelids. And you allow the sun to come in through your closed eyelids into the pineal gland, into your center of your head. And you allow it to just nourish you. And the sun is a very powerful source of energy and light. And it can stimulate the pineal gland. And you can imagine it going down through your whole body. You do this for a couple of minutes, twice a day for a week, and you will reset your serotonin. So do it for a couple minutes in the morning, a couple minutes in the afternoon. So if you live in San Francisco, where there's not a lot of sun, or you're in the winter, where if you're in the different hemisphere and you're in the winter, you look at something beautiful. Um, you just, this with open eyes, you would just stare at something beautiful for a couple of minutes. It could be a flower, something of nature, um, a tree, you can look outside and it will, um, also help increase your serotonin, not as strongly, but it will just imagine it coming in through your eyes into the center of your head and, and feeding your system. Um, and, and remember the sunning one you're doing with closed eyes you can't find the sun you do the other one with open eyes beautiful okay i will i have my homework okay third <laughs> technique ready yep um and and when at the end of this i don't want you to do all three of these uh, i want you to pick one of these three and practice one of these for a week or two and then when you get used to it practice another one and then another one this one is called the inner ease technique 
And this is a really great heart opener. I love doing this. I learned it from the Institute of Heart Math. They're the world's leading researchers on the heart. And they found that when we are feeling angry or upset for just five minutes, it can suppress our immune system for up to six hours. Wow. But when we're feeling love and happiness and joy for five minutes, it can strengthen our immune system for up to six hours. So I got to tell you, these days when we need strong immune systems to, you know, to prevent us from getting COVID or anything else, this is a very good practice to help strengthen your immune system. And it's super easy. We're not, it's not going to take five minutes. It's going to just take a minute. Okay. Maybe a minute and a half. Okay. So once again, Yasmin, I want you to be my guinea pig. Okay. And I'm going to ask you how you feel different after a minute or so of doing this. And I want everyone to do this with us because listening to us do it will do you no good. So um, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Okay. And um, put the first step is to put a hand over your heart. And the simple act of putting a hand on your heart starts the flow of a chemical called oxytocin, which is one of the love hormones. It's one of the happiness chemicals. We feel oxytocin when we feel bonded and connected with each other. But just by putting your own hand on your heart, you're starting to stimulate the flow of oxytocin in your body. Now, the second step is to imagine that you're breathing in and out through the center of your heart. So inhale into your heart and exhale out of your heart at your own pace. Just imagine that you're breathing into your heart on the inhale and breathing out of your heart on the exhale. And you may already notice that you're starting to feel more settled and at peace. And the third step is on each inhale, imagine that you're breathing in love, ease, and compassion. And on the exhale, just breathe easily out through your heart. But on the in every inhale, focus on breathing into your heart and taking in love, ease, and compassion. And you can think of someone that helps you feel that way, or you can remember a time when you felt that way, or you can just silently to yourself say the words love, ease, and compassion, and it'll have that kind of impact. And just one more time, breathing into your heart, love, ease, and compassion. And on your next exhale, you can slowly take your hand away. And when you feel ready, you can slowly open your eyes. And as you open your eyes, I want everyone to get in touch with how do you feel different now than you did about a minute and a half ago? It could be either physically or emotionally or both. And Yasmin, the guinea pig here, tell me what, what is your experience? How do you feel different now than you did a few minutes ago? Yeah. So I feel, well, I'm ready to go to bed and sleep. <laughs> I feel very <laughs> good night. Um, yeah, I feel very calm. I feel very expansive. So it feels like my heart has opened. Um, but yeah, the once, you know, once I connected with my heart, I felt calm. But then when I started breathing out of my heart, that was when that visualization technique really brought me into maybe greater alignment. Um, yeah, it was great. 
Good. Well, there's actually what you're describing, peace, calm, alignment. Some people feel more grounded. Some people feel more love. All of these are indications that you've moved away from what science calls the stress response and into what is called the love response, which has its own whole biochemistry. So you could practice this technique a couple times a day. You can do it with your eyes open too. Sometimes I do it when I'm standing in line at the grocery store. (laughs) Um, People don't have to know what you're doing. I do it with my eyes open then. And just notice how you feel different because, you know, doing it once is just a nice experience where you're really going to get a shift is when you find yourself, you know, when you do it a couple of times a day for a week, that's where the habit starts shifting so that you start to habituate the love response. Mm, wow. Powerful. Yeah. Amazing. I wish we started the, the conversation with that exercise. <laughs> Feel very- oh, yeah. That's a great <laughs> idea. You know what? In the future, I will do that. Great idea. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so Marcy, uh, one or two more questions. I just was curious, you know, you've talked to the happy 100, which is, uh, the hundreds of people who are unconditionally happy. Mm-hmm. What sort of things, um, have surprised you in this journey, you mm-hmm. know, especially when you saw certain patterns? Yeah. So one of the things that I really took note of that meant a lot to me was that in these happy people that I interviewed, It's not that they all had great, perfect lives. In fact, a lot of them had had a lot of struggles throughout their life. But they all shared a common belief. And the belief was that we live in a benevolent universe. And I thought that was amazing. You know, Einstein once said that the most important question you can ask yourself is, is this a benevolent or loving universe? And the people that answer yes to that they're the happiest. That doesn't mean the life always goes your way, but it means that you have a, a, a sense, a, a belief, uh, a feeling that life is on your side, that even if things don't seem to go your way, you believe that there's a purpose or a reason for it. And so instead of feeling like a victim in life, they would, they would, they would turn it around and say, you know, if this is a loving universe, what's in this for me? Why is this happening for me rather than against me. And I think that's a really beautiful way to look at life. Mm, beautiful. Wow. Um, and Marcy, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners about just maintaining their mental health and wellness as a main takeaway? Like what's sort of like the last piece of wisdom mm-hmm. you'd like to give our audience? Yeah. So I know that we are all concerned about the world right now and what we can do to help change the world. And I absolutely believe in in doing everything we can to change the world. But I also believe that the most powerful way we can change this world is through each of us changing within ourselves, becoming happier. You know, people always say to me, is it selfish to want to be happy? And I think it's the least, least selfish thing that we can do because when we become happier, we actually change the people around us. It's been shown scientifically that we emit chemicals into the atmosphere that people pick up on, that they are influenced by our state of well-being. And there's a beautiful Chinese proverb that I I would love to just end with because I think it sums this up and why I'm so passionate about this. And it goes like this. It says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. 
When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in this world. And my prayer and my wish for every one of us is that we know that light in our own souls. We experience that happiness in our own lives. And through that, we help create peace here on this planet of ours that so needs it. Wow, that's so beautiful, Marcy. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I have so many more questions, but I, I think for everyone that has more questions, uh, about this methodology, they can check out the book "Happy for No Reason." Um, and is there any other resources or a website that you can po- point folks to? Where- yes, yes. So you know, I mentioned that there are 21 happiness habits, and I created a, a workbook with all 21 happiness habits in it, and an exercise for each one, along with an assessment of where you are in terms of being happy no, for no reason. And I am would be happy to gift that to everybody. Uh, listening. It's on my website, happyfornoreason.com. That's just happy for F-O-R, no reason.com. And you can go there and you will find the happy for no reason workbook there. And, and some of the things that I shared with you today are in there plus many, many more. Wow. Thank you so much, Marcy. That's uh, really generous of you. So I'm going to check that out as well after this conversation. And is there any other, um, are you on social media uh, or? Yes. Oh, I also, I teach a wonderful program called Your Year of Miracles. And you can go to youryearofmiracles.com and it's about how to live a miraculous life. And uh, in fact, this month, we're also offering a month of money miracles because people are so interested in um, in the financial side of things right now. So you can check out a month of money miracles. Yes. So those are those are available, and uh, there's also my Marcy Shymoff fan page on Facebook. Amazing, amazing, wonderful. Well, Marcy, thank you so much for your time and. For our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about how to harness our happiness even amidst difficult times.